Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. You're listening to Star Wars Sessions with Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is where the fun begins. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy. And welcome to Star Wars Sessions, the show where Star Wars, nothing, but Star Wars, is the subject. My name is Matt Hudson, a.k.a. Jabba the Hud. And joining me once more in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon, you know who he is. He's the greatest Star Wars man fan and buddy out there. Biggs Dark Blighter himself. Oh, Dark Blighter. (laughs) Oh, we are throwing it back. That is some vintage stuff. I'm loving it. How are you, Jabba Hud? You all right, dude? Very good, mate. Lovely weekend here uh, with the family. I sampled some of Chelmsford's finest chicken wings. So shout out to Schwings. Very nice. But uh, how about you? Naughty. Naughty. Lovely, mate. Um, yeah, we had a quality little weekend, although I'm, I'm struggling to remember what we did. Oh, that's right. I went wow. to a peonies farm. Um, my missus really likes uh, the flower peonies, and we went up mm-hmm. to a farm uh, where, where they grow all these flowers in North Essex. Uh, nice. Of course, where else would it be, right? Um, <laughs> but other than that, mate, it was, it was absolutely quality, right? Quality. But I'll tell you something, mate. Guess what? Uh, go on. I'm ready to shoot the galactic breeze pew pew let's talk star wars what's the word what's the word from the cantina my man what's been happening in the galaxy blilo ren well the biggest news story i think this week by a long shot is that star wars celebration 2020 (laughs) has been announced this is crazy now we knew beforehand it was going to be uh, held in anaheim which is kind of near Los Angeles in Southern California. Um, It's been held on the weekend of the 27th to the 30th of August. So the end of August, Hmm. um, obviously Lucasfilm are putting on a show uh, for us uh, during these times and tickets for celebration for, for the 2020 Anaheim celebration go on sale Friday, 21st of June. Guess when that is? Better get your pennies going, buddy. It's real soon. <laughs> By the time everyone's listening to this, it's like two days away. The uh, it's short notice, isn't it? It is. Short it is very short notice. It's short notice. I'm not sure. I would have appreciated a little bit more warning, but I think that's part of their strategy. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't tickets. Know. Tickets. I think are seventy nine bucks a day. Which isn't bad, 60, Which, 60 pounds maybe? Yeah, it's not awful. It's not awful. It is a little steep, but it's not awful at all considering what you can potentially see there. Obviously, you have to take into account that there's a lottery system now, and I think they're still rolling with that. Mm-hmm. So you need to take that into account as well. But yeah, big news, big news. It's exciting news. I, I side with you on this one. When I heard the dates were released, I thought, ah, awesome. Coming out tickets Friday the twenty first. I was like, oh no! It's like for four, like a week after. Because obviously for us guys in the UK, it's seventy nine bucks a ticket, plus about uh, just about the best part of a grand or eight hundred pound for a flight. Then the hotel or Airbnb plus spending money, food money, beer money, um, and all that, and uh, obviously obviously presents for the missus. You know, brownie points and all that. 
It adds up. So I'm absolutely side of you. I would have loved a bit more time. And I know a few more people as well online have been saying, even people who are based in the States a lot closer than we are would have preferred a bit more money, a bit more time because it is, if you want to, it is a lot of money. Even if it is, we sit here and say only 60 quid. That's a lot of money, of course. No, that is, if, is, is, it's not cheap. Not everyone's got it's that to cheap, throw down. And obviously no. people, people, so many people want to go, I want to go, but yeah, it's only given me too. like a week to save. I know. I think what's what's good to if if you do have the cash available or dare I say you know the credit available, um, <laughs> you know you could. I, I saw there were there were ways you can always like kind of resell your ticket via light. Is it or yeah, something, yeah. Like that. Sure, something uh, like that? So hey, you can always buy your tickets and then figure out the rest another time. Right. So I like the sound of that. To be honest. Yeah, and do, I'm I'm going to sound naughty here. I might do that. Ooh. I was planning on going to California next year. I love California. I've had I've been very fortunate. I've been I've had the pleasure of going twice. Um, I have some dear friends out there, and I, I was planning to go there next year anyway with with my missus. My missus has never been, so I mean, yeah. I, I mean, we wanted to go to Galaxy's Edge anyway, but we might play it by like you know we might go to Celebration kind of like at the beginning of the trip, mm-hmm. and then at the end of the trip go to Galaxy's Edge. But either way, man, it's like it's already racking up, and it's like, would it just be easier for me to go another time and just again, like maybe if I had an idea on, like, you know, the celebration just gone, for yes. example, right? We knew they were going to be talking about Rise of Skywalker, or no, Episode Nine. We didn't even know the title. We didn't right? know what it was called. We yeah. didn't know the title, but at least we we knew we were going to get some footage and stuff like that. The stuff here. It's not guaranteed. We don't know what they're going to do. They might not even have anything available film-wise for us yet. Um, no, you're right, yeah. It could be just like Mandalorian footage or TV show footage or something. So, yeah, I'm in an R-in at the moment. I'm loving an R-in. But, I'm, oh. you know, I don't think Lucasfilm have given us a reason to, to doubt otherwise. But let's see. Let's see. No, I mean, it's still awesome news, though. And for those of you who are absolutely going to be going... It's going to be a wicked time just because you're around like-minded folks. And I have my plans to get going one way or another. I have plans to get there. Um, but, yeah, we're unsure what the panel is going to be. We're going to have Mandalorian Season 2. We might get some Cassian stuff. Um, yeah. This untitled third Disney Plus series, please be Kenobi. I'm guessing that any future film films, they'd be at, if there was a 2021 or 2022 events, you'd think they'd be you know, premiered there, any kind of footage or news. But it also depends yeah. where they are, because if they're international, dare I say it, they might not be quite as full to the brim as the ones in the States are, um, as anyone who went to London would know. But um, I still enjoyed that, mind. However, it's still it's still big news, and after the this year's one was an absolutely massive success, Rise of Blywalker news or not, it, everybody who seemed to go there <laughs> said how incredible it was. Fans meeting fans. Some of the pictures we've seen on Twitter and Instagram of just people coming together, you know, people we've spoken to or people we've listened to, just coming together and just having a wicked time, which is what it's all about. So um, from that side, I absolutely would love to go, but would have liked a bit more notice, but that's just me. However, as news, it's great. I think it's awesome news. Yeah, it is. It is, it is incredible news. And, you know, for... for... Everyone who, who's excited and buzzed for this, it's going to be absolutely brilliant. And we're always going to get good stuff out of it. It's just for us European uh, Star Wars uh, salty fans <laughs> and the rest of the world, people from Australia, Asia, Africa, everywhere, 
you know, it's a little harder for us. But nevertheless, even even if we're watching from the live stream, we are with you there in spirit, with the force we are there. So whatever happens, it's always good fun. Always good fun. Absolutely. And if you have anybody out there wants to start a hashtag sessions for celebration campaign, get us over there. We'll podcast for you guys live from there. Hashtag sessions for celebration for appearing oh, at first here. Let's make it happen. Let's do make it. it happen. Hashtag sessions for celebration. Leading on from that, Alphabet Squadron uh, was released this week, latest canon novel by Alexander Freed, who also wrote uh, Star Wars Battlefront Twilight Company and the very, very good Rogue One novel as well. I enjoyed it a lot. There's quite a few. There was a few lulls, not many, but a few lulls. But the vast majority was really good. They had really well-written characters uh, and how they were all cobbled together. Uh, And as usual, there's plenty of tines and nods to the expanded canon. Nothing mad or groundbreaking, but there's a lot of cool little bits. And I thought it was a very good start to what's hopefully going to be a solid trilogy. For those who don't know, it's about um, a ragtag group, funnily enough, known as Alphabet Squadron. And they're ex-Imperials, Rebels. Um, None of them are clean. They all have a bad past, basically. Uh, And basically, they have to come together to take down Shadow Wing, otherwise known as the 204th Imperial Fighter Wing which is a crack unit, which is essentially just causing the New Republic a lot of problems. Uh, and there's far more to it than that. And Hera Sandula, you may have heard of her, she plays a big part. So it's well worth picking up, but a, re- review, a review of this probably go up on the YouTube channel, which we're going to talk about uh, another time. But in the coming weeks, going to be launching that. So I'll probably put a half-decent review of that on the YouTube channel. But Luke, are you looking forward to hearing my review so you can find out what happens? <laughs> spot on <laughs> you, you make me seem you you make out like i don't read any books man <laughs> well, maybe not these ones, anyway. yeah. i do read I, I do read some books i read some books just not the star wars one hey li- i the thing is <laughs> i there, there are lots of things that i think that that i that are important to me to read anyway um and then on top of that i might read you know the the odd design or photography book here and there and stuff like that. Um, but I struggle to sit down and, and read, read a star Wars book, but maybe, I mean, I haven't tried to do so in years, but maybe I should just sit down and try, or at least maybe try on audible or something. But generally you do kind of fill me in, especially <laughs> when we have our like chats, if we go for a coffee or for a pint somewhere, you just fill me in and I'm like, uh, uh-huh, uh, uh, uh-huh, okay, cool. And if I've got any questions, and call. But most of the time, the stories are quite linear, and you summarise them for me in a beautiful way. Thank you, my beautiful friend. Way. I have a list of, but when we sit down, right, bullet point one, how was that book? Very good. <laughs> bullet point two, so that's how it's going to be from now on. Yeah, the audibles are good. They always put, I mentioned it before, the production design of the audiobooks is second to none. They really make yeah. you feel like you're in it. But, um, yeah. Especially the, that Dooku one. It's meant to be pretty good. That's like a little drama, like the old radio dramas of old. The story's really good. And then again, the, the production's brilliant. You, when when they say, oh, um, when there's a space battle going on, amongst the narration, you can hear like, the TIE fighters and the X-Wing zooming past the, the pew-pew of the um, laser bolts, explosions, and cool people not screaming necessarily, but, you know, it, the radio chatter in the background. So it makes you feel like you're actually there. So they really do try. Um, but yeah, like I said, all the canon, everyone knows, but all the novels are canon now. So everything you read, whilst it may not be, you know, like I mentioned, groundbreaking, it all it all counts in the gr- uh, wider scheme of things. And the books, yeah. are, they're pepper an alphabet squadron, no spoilers, but they're little things maybe to do with, a, you know, someone called Sheev. There's nothing in there about him which is going to say, ah, he's coming back in the Rise of Skywalker, but 
they mention little things about, you know, how he... They call him the Immortal Emperor and stuff like that. That's not a spoiler. That's just what he's known as. Just little things that they pepper mm. in. You think, hmm, the closer we get, we yeah, get more of these maybe, little things. Especially if, like, the story group is, is coordinating this, because I, I remember thinking uh, that some people, or, or, or myself included... I used to think the Lucasfilm story group were kind of in charge of writing the whole big picture. Mm. And that's actually not necessarily the case. The The big picture is always the films. The films yeah. come first and foremost. And even if they want to kind of like rewrite some canon on a book, the films can overwrite them. Yeah. And I remember Pablo Hidalgo, the the uh, one of the heads. Does he head up the Lucasfilm story group? Uh, him and I think Leyland Chi. And I think Leyland Chi, yeah. the, big, the, big, the big cheese, excuse the pun, but yeah. uh, Pablo's uh, kind of up there as well. Yeah, yeah. So I know that I know that he said that the films kind of like take... take um, Precedence. Like they... Yes, exactly the word I was looking for. <laughs> um, over any <laughs> over any sort of... Uh, any other format of canon. Um, but yeah... Yeah, I, I need to, I need to, I need to look into like Audible or something like that. I'm not giving them my fair chance. So, sign up for free. Sign up and you get one book for free. So uh, it's yeah. well worth it. But yeah, but, Alphabet Squadron. I thought it was good, but like I said, I'm going to put up a, a little kind of mini review, five minute review of it uh, on our YouTube channel. Which again, you'll, we'll be talking about more in the coming episodes. Awesome, awesome. And and, and talking of coming episodes, mm. in a way, do you remember last? week matt we had a little cheeky theory didn't we a cheeky theory that snoke was none other than mace window yes we did right which is obviously going to happen of course yeah right? so we're, we're gonna we'll probably find it out in a book yeah we've already got the scoop yeah um anyway funny that our uh our, we, we mentioned that in our podcast last week because this week the one and only samuel jackson said who of course plays mace windu he said that he wants one more run as mace windu sure which i thought was absolutely fascinating um but basically samuel jackson he he guest starred on uh one of the american um nighttime shows which one is it stephen colbert, stephen colbert yeah. on the late show um, and he said, uh, I'd really love to, this, this is, uh, Samuel Jackson. He said, I'd really love to get one more run at Mace Windu in Star Wars. Mm, wow. So what does that mean? Do you think maybe we'll get a series or do you think he is Snoke or maybe he'll feature in his own film or maybe he's Snoke? Yeah. Or maybe <laughs> he's a window repair maybe, man now. Yeah. He could be that or maybe, you know, window repair. voice. Yeah, window repair service. Sorry, it's a dad joke. <laughs> I know, I know. And do you know what? I always notice sometimes when we talk about Mace, you call him Mace Window anyway. <laughs> yeah. I've noticed that. <laughs> yes. I don't know if anyone I don't know if anyone <laughs> no who, one's picked who's it up. listens if who listens to the um to the podcast notices this. But Matt changes the words to stuff all the time. <laughs> like Scott like I don't think I've heard Matt say Skywalker in months. I, I can't says, do Blywalker. it. I can't do it now. This is Blywalker every time, which is brilliant. Um but what are you thinking, mate? Jo- joking aside, uh, do you think we're gonna see the return of we, Sam? We could see the return of Mace, but it would have to be in something set in the prequel era. If it, surely they can't bring um, Mace Windu back now after was it? But after what 50, 40, 50 years since he was 
thrown out of the window. Surely they can't bring him back now. Unless they go back in time to like a Kenobi series. And but then that would be after potentially be after Revenge of the Sith, where obviously he's not around anymore. So I wouldn't. I, I'd uh, never say never, but I'm never not. Never say never, but I'm leaning yeah, towards a big because I mean, fat no he was in Captain me. Marvel, and the incredible work they did on DH and his face there was so good. I didn't even. I I completely zoned out the fact that it was you know 1990s Sam Jackson. So by that I'm saying True. there's no reason why they couldn't potentially DH him for certain scenes, but. I can't. I can't imagine he'll ever be back in a newer uh, iteration. And he says a uh, Jedi. Jedi can fall from incredible heights and not die like cats. Yeah, no, no. I I think that's optimistic. We all know Samuel Jackson loved playing Mace Windu, and he brought his lightsaber on set uh, to to Captain Marvel, did, yeah. I think, and stuff like that. And Brie Larson had a go at like holding it and stuff like that. And that sparked rumours that Brie <laughs> Larson was going to be playing as a, a role in a Star Wars film and stuff. But I think if Lucasfilm were wise, unless they pitched an unbelievable story, I don't think it's happening. No. I don't think it's happening. I no. love you, Sam. No, that, I love you, that, Sam. But that boat yeah. ship is gone. Sorry. Well, let's move on to that something which exciting. is happening. A couple of Jedi Fallen Order stories now. First up, we've got a limited uh, comic series is happening a five issue marvel comic series coming in september and it's going to introduce us to some of the characters that we're going to know better when the game launches on the 15th of november which i can't wait for the mini series is going to be called jedi fallen order dark temple uh, and the author matthew rosenberg he said it it basically is like it's, it's a truly epic star wars story that they're telling in this in this uh, comic series and in the game he's excited to be part of it and um, the artist, who's called Paolo Villanelli, he said that the comic's going to explore new planets and new villains, as well as new lightsaber jewels. I mean, that's probably a given, but uh, Cal Kestis, his his mentor, Siri, I think her name is, she's going to be in there, uh, and I guess her mentor possibly as well. I don't know who else will be popping up, but a five-issue five series, it's not, and the Star Wars seems to do this now. Whenever anything's released, they have a tie-in to it, but... I mean, I'll I'll give it a read. I'm looking forward to it. Anything that ties into a new story, like, story, like I, I'm happy with it. Yeah, and I, I mean, personally speaking, I always preferred the. I mean, I don't collect them um, like I used to, um, but I always preferred the limited run mm. comics. Um, like off the top of my memory, some of, some of my favorite uh, Star Wars modern era um, Marvel comics. Um, Shattered Empire yeah. was phenomenal. I really yeah. enjoyed Shattered Empire. I loved the Kanan series. That was you that was a like limited, that, although you? slightly. Yeah, I did like it. Although it was slightly longer, I really enjoyed the Kanan series. Uh, there was the Obi Wan and Anakin one. Mm-hmm. Um, the Leia one. There was a, there was a Lando one. There was there was quite what a about few. About the Chewbacca I, I one. That was stupid. (laughs) (laughs) It looked like the boy from Astro Boy. You ever seen Astro Boy? It it looked like the kid from Astro Boy, just like in on on this like flower filled planet. It was like where I went on Saturday, where I took my missus on Saturday (laughs) to pick up her flowers, and uh, it was just really odd. It just didn't seem that Star Warsy, and it didn't really serve a point. I didn't really get the point of it. but no, generally I, I I do prefer the limited series. So yeah, I'll I'll probably give those those a read, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'll definitely will do because I'm a junkie of canon, so I will I'll be definitely be reading it just for the little tidbits that are in there. But 
Uh, we've got more Jedi Fallen Order uh, news this week as well. No, we got loads of Fallen Order news. In fact, we got some really juicy news, and and this was all to do with gameplay. Yes. See, last week on our on our podcast episode, we we found out that some of the gameplay looked not not as polished as as we hoped, or maybe in some places a little bit too polished. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of my concerns, anyway, and I know quite a few other people's, have kind of been answered a little bit. Um, so multiple people in the Star Wars community uh, basically played a level of the alpha version, so it's still not a, a finished version of the game, um, of Jedi Fallen Order. And this includes, and a big shout out to these people, because Matt and myself both watch and follow these guys online. Uh, hello, Greedo on YouTube, and also Alex from Star Wars Explained. Shout big out. fans. But uh Big shout out, big respect for those guys. But basically both of those guys, they confirm that the gameplay isn't just repetitively destroying stormtroopers, which is kind of the feeling that that I initially mm-hmm. got from the gameplay. Um, they made a point that on the gameplay we saw, the settings where Cal, the main character, had unlimited force That's powers. It, right. Whereas during standard gameplay, you have limited force powers that gradually restore. Like if you do, uh, if you defeat an enemy with your lightsaber, it restores the force mm-hmm. a little bit. So then you can go on and use the force and, and kind of use combos uh, that way. Um, so the game kind of forces you into realistic battles where you balance fighting with your saber and using the force so that kind of made me me feel a lot better and and then another little tidbit was i saw this um interview again online with one of the head developers again sorry haven't got the name um but he's the bald-headed dude who's developing the game (laughs) (laughs) nice guy though what is it with me i keep like offending people (laughs) on this show that's actually Um, his twitter handle (laughs) is it yeah 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 for sure for sure if it's not it should be (laughs) um but but the guy uh did like these quick answers and stuff like that and he said we get to see multiple 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 planets in this game and half of them we're familiar with half of them we're not. They're completely new planets, which I'm super excited for. And I think that was one of the things I was slightly underwhelmed with anyway, was the fact that we were on Kashyyyk and it kind of looked samey. Yeah, yeah. and, and even then, the colours I felt were a little bit dulled down and stuff. You know, it didn't look properly like Kashyyyk in, in places. Kashyyyk looks a little more vibrant than that. Mm-hmm. But again, it's all alpha, alpha gameplay footage. Um, so yeah, there's, there's been a few other things too. Um, but the, the game definitely has caught my attention and I'm really looking forward to it. And some of the doubts that I had, don't get me wrong. I'm still not like hundred percent hand on heart confident in it. Uh, I, I'm sure it's going to be a phenomenal game and probably the best game we've had in the best part of a decade. Mm -hmm. Um, but still, I, I'm really looking forward to this. What about you, dude? Oh, I, I, Listening to Hello Greedo and Alex, uh, Star Wars Explained, talking about it, it gave me a bit more confidence because whilst we, we spoke about it the other week, whilst we loved seeing Cal absolutely just tear people apart, literally in some cases, and, you know, really show what a, a Force legend he is, it all felt a bit, you know, Force Unleashed and a bit too OP. And the fun of these games where you can, you know, you have to deconstruct the map and the enemies and try, actually have to sort of use your brain. And they use, they use the term intelligent combat throughout these videos and the combat isn't just hack hack slash 
you have to work out your enemies to to to, um, to decide how you're actually going to defeat them. You can't just go up to them and whop them on the head. No, you have to actually intelligently use the control. You can't just button mash. So it gave me a bit of confidence, a bit more confidence. I was think I was slightly more up on it than you you, you were, but you know, just seeing this only only reinforces that. Um, yeah, they gave some good insight into the force powers and regenerations, and also the kind of enemies we're going to be facing as well. That whilst the stormtroopers may be one hit and kill, if, when, mm. when you're up against three or four or five of them, suddenly it's not just they're all going to stand there and wait for you to kill them. They're all going to fire on you like maniacs. Purge troopers, just one of them's tough enough. When, you, when you're against yeah. two of them, suddenly you've got a problem. And I like that. I like the fact that I'm not going to be able to go in there just, you know, slice falls down left, right, and centre. I'm actually going to have to work for the work, work for the reward. And interestingly, the two guys who were interviewed, including the bald dude, um, they wouldn't say how long <laughs> the game would roughly take you. They wouldn't. They, they even said we can't say that. I noticed that. So yeah, I mean, it could I be ten hours. It could be eight hours. I mean, I'm hoping for a long game. But I, what I did like was that they said that whilst the game is linear and you do have uh, missions to do. You can actually just go off and explore the world. It's not open world, but you can just go off and explore the world and find. Yes, that's right. You can go back to planets you've already exactly. visited. And I'm yeah, so excited awesome. to see where we, what the planets that we do know about. I am, I'm that guy. I'm that guy who sits in the corner and wants all new stuff. I want like, for mm. the rise of Blywalker. I can't wait for all the new planets, for all the new characters, blah blah. But a part of me always loves seeing these old planets, you know, revitalized for this for these new new uh, games. Yeah made to look even more pristine and stunning. So I've no idea we're going to take us other than Kashyyyk. But hearing the guys talk about it made me, firstly, very excited for for this game. And I know Luke put up a, a shot of Jedi Fallen Order in game, which is a UK retailer, for pre-order. I walked past one of those stores recently, the other day, sorry, and saw on the electronic boards, it just flashed up Jedi Fallen Order coming 15th of November. And I just got this surge Ooh. of like, I wanted to go in the shop and buy it until I realised I couldn't. So I'm getting more and more and more excited. And then, remember, Mandalorian comes out, a couple more books, Rise of Blywalker comes out a month later. So we're spoiled. Oh, we are spoiled. What a time to be a fan. This isn't full and order related, but it's gameplay related because I know how much you love this place. Battlefront 2. We're getting Flusia in a few months. We can't forget Battlefront 2. I know. I know, I can't wait to see that. I played a bit more Battlefront on the weekend. That cam- Capital Supremacy game mode is absolutely brilliant. It's brutal, but it's brilliant. It's so good. I've been playing a lot more as the officer lately and enjoying that. Um, and also I've played a few games of Strike, mm-hmm. which have been great fun. I think my favourite map at the moment, I love playing Strike in uh, Tatooine in Moss Eisley. Yeah. It's so good. And I love playing as the Imperials because you basically end up defending this point in this one building and you're all crammed into <laughs> yeah. this one building and the rebels ball. are trying to get in. And you're, you're, I played as a death trooper yeah. and I came out on top of this match. It was incredible. <laughs> I, such a good laugh. That game is still giving me such a buzz to this day. So, um, But I, I'm definitely ready for, for a story-based game in Jedi Fallen Order. I cannot wait for that. Absolutely buzzing for I, it. I can't wait for all the news that's going to come out. We're going to get little bits and bits and bits coming out here as we get closer to the game. But comic book series, looking forward to it. The game, very, very excited. Don't let me down, EA. 
We will we are you're our last hope. Otherwise we'll go somewhere else. Yeah, we're counting on this one, EA. We are counting on this exactly. one. Exactly. I think they may pull through or with the help of respawn. Uh, last bit of news then. This is an interesting little one. It also just goes to show that um you know, no one's ever really gone, if you will. One of uh, Colin Trevorrow's ideas for the rise of Skywalker has been realised at Galaxy's Edge. Obviously, I'm sure everybody knows Colin Trevorrow was the official director for Episode Nine before he released a book of Henry, which apparently got him the sack. Even though I thought it was okay, but he was uh, removed from the project. Also, I think there was difficulties of how he was going to handle Carrie Fisher not being around. Blah blah. But he had a uh, one of the ships he came up with was called a Tie Echelon. And it was a um, an armed troop transport for the First Order. And in his draft, this was going to be one of the sort of First Order's big bombers. Obviously, he's not there anymore. However, he was. He also had a hand in developing Galaxy's Edge. How much I don't know. But the Imagineers and Disney have um, actually taken the Tie Echelon design of that Colin Trevorrow created, and they've put it in Galaxy's Edge, which is quite cool. I mean, obviously for Colin Trevorrow, he's probably thinking what if, but some of his work for episode 9 the as then untitled is has been honoured, I guess you could say, even if it is backhanded, because I think he's still fairly fairly annoyed that he was taken off the project, but I mean, Trevorrow said <laughs> that he took it pretty seriously, the idea of creating a ship which was going to be used for the park as well. Uh, he said, obviously mm. that they, let, they let me see what they were working on, so he got to see what Galaxy Z was going to be a couple of years ago so I mean, it's not it's not major news, but it just shows, goes to show that nothing's really ever thrown out either. So whilst Trevorro isn't on the isn't hasn't got the gig anymore and may not be quite over it. I mean, would you ever be over it? I think anyway, it's quite nice that they're using one of his ideas. I don't know if you've seen this ship, but it looks pretty cool. No, do you know what? I don't think I have. It's called um, Thai Echelon. Echelon. Yeah, yeah. They said it's like the equivalent of a Black Hawk stealth helicopter. Though I never thought a helicopter could be very stealthy because of those massive propellers. <laughs> Let me. Um, I hope you don't mind. I'm just gonna have a little cheeky Google no, of it. Yeah, you know? it's like a. It's a fairly Echelon. fairly well armored um, machine, but I think it would oh, look pretty I have tasty. I've seen that. I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it in Galaxy's Edge promo stuff, like yeah. vlogs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it does look pretty tasty, doesn't it? Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty mean looking. Oh, I like it. And I tell you what, one thought to take away from this is maybe, I mean, you know, things could have been completely changed now because JJ's at the helm and, and he's doing his own original story. Yeah. But it might tell you that we're in for maybe a large battle. If if yes. there's like a few of these things and stuff like that and they're, they're carrying a lot of stormtroopers and stuff, I don't know. I think that we could be heading into a big battle, yeah. which would be cool to see. Um, but yeah, just a thought. Just a thought. I don't know if JJ's using the tie echelon. If not, I'm guessing he may have replaced it with a heavy armoured ship of his own. So yeah, like you say. But John, I remember John Boyega said we're going to get the war to end all at wars. So um, why wouldn't they be sending in the big guns? And yeah, I'd be happy to see this um, flying around, shooting people down. The more and more I think about it, mate, the more and more I think about it. <laughs> The Rise of Skywalker. Oh my word! The title, the text color, the trailer. Oh my word! This year, it's going to be so good. I cannot wait. Oh, I cannot wait. You're telling me we've got oh, six months almost to the day. By the time this show releases, we'll have six months to the day in the UK before it comes out. 
which is absolutely surreal. It is mental. Absolutely surreal. I cannot wait, honestly. Cannot wait. It's mental. But that's that's the news for this week, and we rolled with the news this week because there's quite a lot, big and small. So uh, let's head on to session socials where we throw stuff out or we talk we hit we talk to you guys or you guys talk to us. So what's happening in the session social world, my man? Mate, we have some really spicy socials this week. <laughs> yeah. Um we we got things from all from all sorts. Um okay, so on Twitter we threw out a cheeky poll to you guys, simply asking whether you'd be pleased to see Lucasfilm hashtag make solo to happen. And get this, after seven hundred and forty-three votes. Seven hundred and forty-three votes on Twitter. It was a pretty tidy landslide. Seventy-nine percent said yes, and twenty-one percent said no. So there was basically a whole uh, load of different comments that came in on both sides. Um, but it would seem that this topic is fairly hot for debate, which which we kind of know from our show anyway, Shout right? Out to Morton. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's going on at the moment. I think we should do a segment about our boy Morton another time. He's a top man. Line another show because uh, we're 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 waiting for Dan to reply on 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 one of them, uh, which I'm looking forward to seeing. And there's another guy coming in on on there. I, 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 terribly sorry, I don't have his name handy, but they are they're like going to and from basically on one of our old Instagram, one of our uh, make solo two uh, happen. Caleb Keys, his name is. And these guys are like arguing with each other. <laughs> this this was posted like two weeks ago, and people are still commenting on it. Mate, this is being this is getting traction <laughs> with stuff. Does. With each other, it, it's funny, it's funny. But the vast majority of the comments <laughs> on on our Twitter poll anyway were positive. Many people calling for a Disney plus series totally agree most were just happy to see uh, a continuation of the story in whatever format and then a few comments claiming that those uh, voted yes were shills and others saying Kathleen Kennedy is incompetent. Um, Mar- Marcelo Mondica at Mar- uh, Mendon Camaras hang on hang on what is that Twitter name? <laughs> Mendonca um, Marcel. Ed- Mendon Mendonca Marcel. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> Spot on. <laughs> well, he said, he's, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. He said, if there's two of them, they're not solo anymore. <laughs> That's an interesting point. That was one of the reasons why they called Rogue One Rogue yeah. One, isn't it? Because yeah, yeah. they felt like it was the first different one of of like the it's Star the Wars films. One. It, and it had two, yeah, yeah, it had two meanings, which which I love. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm re- I'm really looking forward to a solo series if there is one. I I'm gonna be honest with you though, Matt. Go on. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if it's gonna happen, man. I don't I don't know if they're gonna do it. I don't I don't think they're gonna don't do a film. They're not gonna do a film. No way. No way. Do I'm not I'm not even sure. And again, maybe this is a segment for a different episode because this is a long chat. But I'm not even sure if we're going to get any a Star Wars stories hmm. anymore, any anthology films anymore, an which would chat. be so frustrating because they've only released two, and Star Wars is released in trilogies, <laughs> and one of them made right? over a billion bucks, though. It's true, and the other true, one didn't. True, true, true. <laughs> the other one didn't. I hope. I, I, I hope we we spoke about this a little bit last week, and how how and why Solo didn't do well financially it didn't flop in any other way the story 
and the film were, were brilliant. It was great fun. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll yeah, see. I can't, I can't see them making another movie. A Disney Plus series, if they can afford to play uh, Childish Gambino or Donald Glover, Amelia Clark and all that, if they can afford to pay them the, the, the Wonga, which I'm sure, well, that's fair, Disney aren't <laughs> short of a few pounds, but to be able to get those back for a series, maybe they could. Uh, maybe. I would like to say, I would, I would rather see a series because I think you could stretch it out to 10 episodes. That's about 10 hours worth of storytelling. And we could see the Pikes, the Crimson Dawn, the Huts, um, Han, and everybody else, you know, fighting each other in this war that um, John Kasdan said we were going to get. But the, the fans want it. 79% of 743, off the top of my head, I don't know, about 500 odd people. But I mean, this thing blew up. We had so many comments, and most of them, like I said, were, were people wanting it. So, um, Disney, if you are listening, people want it. We don't know what the third um, Disney Plus series is yet. Maybe they will pull a rabbit out of the hat and give us Solo. Who knows? I still think it will mm. be Kenobi. But whilst we don't know, we don't know. It could be anything. So, guys over there at uh, the Resistance Broadcast, you may have pulled it out of that hat here. Listen, we're all rooting for you as well. We'd love to be able to say we were part of the train that get they got the Solo story going again. But yeah. we'll have to watch yeah. this space, I think. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. Um, we've got a couple of wicked, wicked Galaxy's Edge updates now. This first one is from the absolute gem known as Jen Marie uh, across the stars on Twitter and Anakin at his, Anakin and his angel, sorry, on Instagram, Anakin and his angel dot com, a marvelous blog. Uh, I sat down with her for best part of half an hour and spoke about her first-hand experiences at Galaxy's Edge. She'd been waiting for go for so long, and she's released blogs and vlogs about it. But we sat down uh, for about half an hour. And that that interview is going to be going up again on our YouTube channel, which is being launched very shortly. All the updates will be on our socials about that. But here's you know two, three, or four minutes of the some of the better moments of it of Gemery speaking about going to Galaxy's Edge. When you entered Galaxy's Edge for the first time, you've walked through the doors. The doors are open. How did you feel walking through those doors? I felt like I was in a dream. <laughs> Because, you know, this is something so many of us have been looking forward to for so long. And so when the day finally came to go to Galaxy's Edge, it almost didn't seem real. Like, you know, like I had to pinch myself like, wait, I'm I'm actually on the planet of Batu right now. Like, it was amazing. And as amazing of a feeling as I did have, um, I was also a bit stra- stressed and um, anxious because of having to time manage and not knowing what to expect at all um, with it being opening day. And there were times where I, I felt like I couldn't fully enjoy something to its fullest because I wanted to make sure we didn't spend too much time on any one thing so that we could experience as much as possible. But even still, it, it was a truly amazing experience. The first place that we went was the milk stand because I wanted to try the blue and green milk so (laughs) desperately and it was a must do on my list. So that's where we went. (laughs) Well, we spoke about this one of our last shows, the blue milk and green milk. Now we've heard one is slightly nicer than the other, but now we have somebody who's tried both. Are you picking green or blue milk? I am picking blue. <laughs> I thought so. I think that one has 
I don't know. It has a better taste to me. Um, it's more flavorful than the green and the blue to me is more tropical. Um, kind of almost like a berryish um, type of flavor. And the green seems slightly more citrusy, which also might be why it's not as strong as of a flavor, if that makes sense. Did you manage to make it onto Smuggler's Run? So I didn't go on it, but my husband did. However, I did walk through the line with him. So I got to see a lot of the cool sites that are in there. And there's some interactive elements as well. And did your husband enjoy it? Um, He enjoyed parts of it, but he honestly, he told me he was expecting much more. Um, on opening day, we went to Ronto Roasters and we got the Ronto wraps, which you might have been seeing yes. around. Um, I honestly can't stop thinking about them. <laughs> they are very, extremely delicious. It's basically a grilled pork sausage wrapped in extremely soft pita bread. And it's topped with really... Um, like tangy slaw, not, I don't want to say really tangy slaw, but you know, it. like that flavor is there and there's a peppercorn sauce on top of it. And that might not sound like the best combination, oh, but there's something about it. It, it is so incredible. good. Oh, there's so many amazing things. Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities has a lot of um, statues, paintings, mugs, jewelry. Um, that's also where you can buy the Sith or Jedi holocrons. Mm -hmm. um, you can get the kyber crystals. Um, I did get a Sith holocron and some kyber crystals. I got um, the Jepor snippet yes. that um, Anakin gave Padme. My husband got a Darth Vader gauntlet, um, which is awesome. really cool. Yeah, it's it has the most amazing, um, I, I guess I wanted to say it's stylized very uniquely. It's very cool. Okay. It was about 9 p.m., so it was quite dark outside. And I'm walking on my way to leave Batu, and I see Ray, And she walks past me and she notices that I have the red lightsaber <laughs> and she said, I hope you stole that. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so awesome. you just never know. Like they interact <laughs> with you in a very different way than um, when you're at Disneyland, you don't feel like you need to go up to them and take a picture. You want to talk with them and, you know, and create this story. And that was just a little bit of the wonderful interview and I hope you will enjoy those little segments. Jen Marie is an absolute wonder to talk to. And like you said, Galaxy said felt like a dream, amazing, stressful, all at once. And I get, obviously, with those time constraints, those four-hour time constraints, wanting to fit everything as much as possible. I get that that would be an issue mm. and I think a few people have said mm. that. Interesting, oh, firstly, Blue Milk wins the day. Thank you for that. But interestingly, she mentioned that her husband went on Smuggler's Run. He said it was cool, but not as great as he had hoped, which kind of ties mm. into what Luke said. In fact, it ties in 100% to what Luke said about the lottery, sort of the random lottery system you get, because he was assigned a role which didn't exactly give him an awful lot to do, and that's what you were saying last week. Mm. Yeah, um, they need to fix that, man. They can't just leave it to a random system. Mm. You know, these, these are, this is Disney. 
This is Disney. These, these are, they have some of the most intelligent, clever, and creative people in the world working at their company. You know, they can fix this. Yeah. They can fix this. Um, and I think, you know, yeah, we, we have a voicemail coming up later, which which kind of talks about this a little mm-hmm. bit. So I'm going to save, I'm going to save my comment for them. I'm going to save my yeah. comment for them in regards to the Falcon ride. But bear in mind that you know the Falcon ride isn't the main attraction. It's not the main attraction. No, no. So yeah, let's see. Let's see. But I'm also glad to hear that the Ronto wraps are apparently amazing. Because the name, I love. I like the name. They look awesome. Doc Andar's Den of Antiquities, wonderful. We're just hearing what Jen Marie is telling me that she bought, uh, and she expanded on in the interview. Uh, again, wicked interview, by the way. Um, just the stuff like the Kyber Crystal, the Jaipur Snippet, which is yeah, what Anakin, young Anakin gave Padme, the Darth Vader Gauntlet, the Holocrons. Mm. I mentioned the Kyber Crystals, which you can change the color of the lightsabers, which uh, her and her husband made lightsabers, and. Which then, when she mentioned Ray, obviously saw it and said, "I hope you stole that." So she managed to upset Ray, the people's princess. But I'm glad too that the interaction within the park is great. That for the most part, everything she saw was great, and it was great to sit down and talk with somebody who was so excited to have been there. And just a little thing as well at the end end of the interview. Uh, has a little chat about what she's looking forward to most in the rise of Skywalker and what she hopes does and doesn't happen. So. YouTube channel coming up soon. We'll put the link out there, but absolutely, absolutely brilliant chat. So thank you once again, Jen Marie, for coming on. Yeah, well done, guys. That that was a top-notch interview. And on the theme of voicemails and interviews and whatnot this week, we actually have quite a few. And they are all brilliant, and they make some great points. The first one I'm going to introduce is a fantastic little legend that I met, or not little really, hmm. big guy's a full-grown man. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> but nevertheless, <laughs> this gentleman is absolutely <laughs> strong in the force. I met Matt at Star Wars Celebration Calif- um, London, not California, I wish California, <laughs> Star Wars Celebration in London in 2016. I actually met Matt with um with my friend Isaac who's been on the show many times and we might hear from him later in a little bit. Um but I met Matt in line at Star Wars Celebration London. Uh we were queuing up to get wristbands for all the different panels and whatnot, but of course the Rogue One panel. Um and I and I met some friends and I still keep in touch with them today. Matt is one of those one of those people. And Matt actually lives in Southern California and he's the pleasure he's had the pleasure of going to Galaxy's Edge a couple times. And so I've asked him to basically record his thoughts and give them to us when he, he, I think by the time he's recording this, he's kind of just come back from galaxy's edge. Matt, let's hear it. Uh, You walk in and then there are uh, cast members who are greeting you, waving at you and they're talking to you and they're, they're telling you till aspire and, and you know, they're role-playing. They don't know you. You're an off-worlder to them, and they're going to treat you as such. The first thing we saw were there was an X-Wing, there was an A-Wing, full sizes like you might see on the set of the film, and then you enter the town square proper. Even the credit card scanners I thought were pretty nuts. They don't look like normal credit card scanners, and they don't ask you for payment. They ask you for credits. You know, they're going to tell you, I mean, this is, of course, in U.S. dollars, but they're going to say, you want to build a droid that's $99, right? 
but they're going to say it's 99 credits. So even how you pay is kind of, you know, in that whole place in that whole immersive experience. The other shops there, uh, I, I mentioned what I thought was a bazaar earlier and there they, they have like a pet shop where you can buy a, you can buy a puff a pig. You can buy, uh, a, a, a raftar, um, porgs, tauntauns. They even have like a, a quacky and monkey lizard, you know, salacious crumb, uh, puppet and it hangs on your shoulder and you have a little device and you can mess with its arms. It's its face. It makes noise. It's kind of cool. Uh, ugly looking, but pretty cool. Uh, the cantina was cool. It's by far the longest wait in the park. You really get that cantina vibe from like a new hope. We went inside, they sat us down at the counter, uh, and it looks like the counter from a new hope. They've got a couple drinks on the menu. I couldn't sample them all, but I did go straight for the beer because I like beer and, uh, they had some pretty good IPAs, which I'm cool with. The people I were with, they got mixed drinks, and they're, the mixed drinks are distinctly alien. Uh, I mean, uh, one of my friends got a, a Bespin Fizz, which kind of looked to me like a strawberry daiquiri, but with, I don't know if they use nitrogen or what, but they it was bubbling, it was fizzing, and they there was mist emanating from it. It was like cloudy. Bespin Fizz, go figure. Everyone thought the drinks were good, though. I enjoyed my drinks. They serve them in cool glasses. Like I said, the park's pretty incredible. and Or it feels like it's been directly ripped out of the Star Wars universe. You are there. You are living in a, a living, uh, breathing place. I mean, this is there are people here who live here. Um, they're a part of the universe. They're, they're a part of this tug-of-war between the Resistance and the First Order. Just the detail is amazing. Just blew me away completely. I was talking to one of the cast members there, uh, and and they, they said something that I thought really, uh, really rung true, and that was that you definitely got the sense that Lucasfilm and the story group had more of an impact on this place than the actual Imagineers and, and Disney. Uh, it, it felt like a, a, it was a... It was a love letter to the fans from Lucasfilm. Okay, first of all, first of all, can we just get a big, big up for Matt Hudson's sound effects there? <laughs> I mean, that was just unbelievable. How he's not working for ILM? I'd love to. I have no clue. I'd love to. I if you're listening, no get me on board. I'll take you along with me, Luke. I've- of course, oh mate, let's do it, let's do it. Um, of course, I was talking about Jabba the Hud there, Matt Hudson, um, not not our American Matt. Um, we, that's that's how we can distinguish you, maybe. Yeah, you all right with that? Matt? I'm ple- uh, works for me. <laughs> but basically, our friend uh, Matt over in the US, he said that the cast members were 100 percent role playing, um, and they 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 even come up and greet you. And they treat you like an off-worlder. They treat you like like you're from a different planet. That is, I love that's that mental. That is dedication. That is so much dedication. Yeah, so good. I think again, I've seen some videos online and stuff, and I see like all the kids and stuff walking around the park. Like you might see a little girl dressed as Ray. And, and a little boy dressed up as a Padawan and stuff. Yeah. And you see the stormtroopers come up and stuff and they talk to them and whatnot. It looks it looks like a big role-playing game, doesn't it? It looks wicked. And I love the emotion of it all. 
yeah it, and there's loads of just like little little details that they just nail you know like credit card scanners are in universe so payment awesome. is measured right so payments are measured in credits not us dollars although of course you're paying us dollars of course, yeah. they won't call it that they'll they'll call it credits and everything's written in urabesh oh honestly i want to go now <laughs> this thought the thought that has gone into this is is phenomenal and you know if people can't see that then they 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 really are blinded by by something or an opinion because although it's it's not a cheap experience my word i mean the appreciate you got to appreciate this right i just hearing matt talking it was it's great to hear somebody else in my name was awesome because you could tell he'd had a great time. I love also the honesty in the entire interview as well. The entire walkthrough, sorry, yeah. was fabulous. But it was it everything he was saying was just making me more and more excited. Get your shots out, lads. The execution was it sounds superb. Just everything mm. they could have thought of, Lucasfilm and a story group and the Imagineers. The love they put into this, as Matt alluded to, is it's just incredible. It's phenomenal. They even got a pet shop, Matt. Porgs. Yes. Tauntauns. Puffer pigs. Kawaikian monkey lizards. Right? And I, I mean, maybe one day you'll be able to put those on a barbecue after seeing <laughs> yeah. a Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. I, you I, never I, I know, right? like chicken. Everything yeah. Oh, of course. Everything, everything <laughs> tastes like chicken, right? Everything tastes like chicken. And uh, Matt goes on to say the cantina's really cool. Uh, there's lots of a New Hope vibes. Nice. Uh, and the drinks are really good. He says the IPA beer is good. good. Of course, this is the only place in Disney where you can oh, drink alcoholic beverages, which is pretty cool. All the drinks are, are really uh, distinctly alien. I like that. That, that. that is really cool. But one of my favorite things he says um, is that the park it, it feels like actual yeah. Star Wars. The detail is is just on on a you know different planet. If you pardon the pun, <laughs> out of this world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, man. I couldn't resist that one. Um, <laughs> and I loved again. It, it kind of ties in hand in hand with this that Lu- he he reckons Lucasfilm Story Group had a real handle on creating it, um, and it, it is really a real love letter to to us. And that's all awesome. from Lucasfilm. And that it's phenomenal. You can tell already the the love that that has gone into this. And the full uh, thirty minute walkthrough, which it, which does contain some spoilers, it's going to be up on our YouTube channel at some point very very soon. So so keep an eye out for that. Yes, and thank you again to Matt to US Matt California Matt for absolutely rocking our socks with that walkthrough. It it was absolute awesome. absolute legend, absolute legend. That's a lovely little segue into another legend, the the, Kent, oh, the yes. king of Kent, the man of Margate, the legend, Isaac, uh, as Lucas mentioned, at underscore Pivy on Instagram. He did come at us with a, a little hit, a little comment about uh, Galaxy's Edge and, that, and those smugglers run issues. So, Isaac, take us away. Matt and Luke, it's uh, Isaac from the Hyperion Gazette from sunny Margate, uh, recording in Essex today, believe it or not. Maybe we'll uh, cross paths in hyperspace. Hopefully not Holdo style, if you know what I mean. But there we are. Anyway, I was listening to your your little chat about Galaxy's Edge uh, last week, which was very good. 
very good, I must say. I enjoyed it very much. Um, I just thought I'd uh, maybe spew my thoughts on the operation, the operational point of view of of the uh, of the park, the operational side of things. Um, now, I do not think it's coincidence that the of the two parks that are opening california opened first now if you think about it they they were planning this for years ago i don't i can't remember exactly when the first announcement was made but years and years ago they uh they announced these galaxy's edge and it's easily long enough that they could have had them both open at the same time um but i don't mean it's coincidence that it has opened in california first and california is obviously going to get less footfall less international traffic um still crazy busy but they can work out the kinks um, before it opens in Walt Disney World. Now, one of those kinks uh, that I think has been very well um, put over by Luke was the uh, Millennium Falcon, uh, whether you could be a pilot or not. Now, there's a lot of um, different ways they could go about this. Now, in a lot of Disney rides, they have something called a single rider queue, which is a completely separate queue to the main queue, Something like that could potentially be how they do the pilot. So they could say, "Here's a here's a queue for the for the pilot uh, line, and then queues for the others," um, which could be a way of getting people on and off quickly. And if people really want to wait longer for the pilot, then they can do because that's obviously going to be a longer line, isn't it? Um, so that's the way they could do it. Alternatively, they could do it uh, via reservations. Now, I don't, I'm not as clued up with the California way that FastPass works, but in uh, Orlando, it's all done for an app. So maybe you could book reservations that way anyway that was uh that's kind of that from that i just think it's worth bearing in mind this is a completely new land with some completely new experiences a lot of it they are going to be working out the kinks and i think they kind of know that which is also probably why rise of the resistance hasn't opened on day one as well so they can gradually work out you know the footfall how they manage the crowds and stuff because ultimately this is probably the most popular land that disney has ever open to with the sheer amount of numbers so yeah that was that's basically yeah, just a quick voice note uh, a couple of things uh the lightsabers are metal i'm sure you know that i think they look awesome the droids look a bit plasticky um the food looks good i think i'll eat some of that food and uh, the cantina the drinks interesting interesting yeah anyway um that's kind of just a brain dump from me hopefully there's some points in there you can pick out but that's just my initial thoughts on galaxy's edge and some ways i could go with the millennium falcon ride i think it's i i do think it's important to remember that the millennium falcon ride is not the main attraction it's very similar to star tours and i think it's meant to be a, a like a like the, the b attraction if that makes sense to the a attraction of rise of resistance i don't i don't think these problems of Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run would be as um, emphasised if that other ride was open. Uh, so just good to get some perspective on what that ride's meant to be. All right, well, that's it. Cheers, guys, and um, bright suns. I thought this was a really well-measured... It's not. It's not, it's, an, it's an agreement with what Luke was saying, but it expanded on it. So, Luke, I know you said you're keeping your opinions for this one, so I'm going to let you take this one away. This is why I love Isaac. Isaac's a Disney geek, right? He knows Disney. He loves Disney, 
And so he, he's raised some amazing points that, again, have kind of – they reassure me. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that nothing is going to be perfect in this world, sadly. You yeah. know, that's just the way things are, right? Um, apart from episode nine. Of, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, again, he, he Isaac – makes the point that that it's not a coincidence that California opened uh, ahead of um, Florida um, because it's it's a long enough amount of time to kind of like iron out all, all the details, right, to fix anything that, that needs to be fixed. And that, that kind of makes a lot of sense, right? Mm-hmm. And especially with, with the Smuggler's Run, with, with the Falcon and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I've already said this. They need to fix it. They need to fix it. And it, and like like I said last week, you know, you could you could implement like a line for the pilots, a line for the engineers, a line yeah. for the shooters. You know, which is going to be the longest line? It's the pilot, but people are going to know it's that, I guess. Pilot. So yeah. they're going to put themselves in that position to spend more time in the line rather than in the park. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm really I'm really hoping that they that they address this. And obviously, Isaac makes the final point. And, and this is something to remember for everyone. And I think it's something that I think Disney might have missed out on something here because they've launched the park with only one attraction, mm-hmm. right? Okay, and it's still yeah. a success. E- even, even if it's just on its own, let's pretend like the Res- Rise of the Resistance ride wasn't coming out, mm-hmm. it would still be sick and I would still pay money to go there <laughs> and experience it, right? However... Isaac makes a phenomenal point that, that Smuggler's Run is basically Star Tours on steroids. Yes. Right? That, it, you know, it isn't meant to be full on, like, the, the greatest ride you've ever been on. That's not its purpose. It's kind of like Attraction B to Attraction A, that is, that is the Rise of the Resistance, which, again, you know, it makes sense. It makes sense. But it's easy to forget that. When when you're when you're so excited and you're so passionate about this sort of thing, it's easy to forget that. Which is why we need someone like Isaac to come in and tell us the facts, right? Yeah, a top man like a top man like that to to add a bit of levity, a little balance, if you will, to the force, and somebody with a measured approach. Not to say that we don't, because of course, of course we do. But no, any the points that were raised, I thought were pertinent. California is going to get less footfall in Florida in terms of international. Uh, uh, visitors to the park, not because it's not as good, but Florida, you think Disneyland, I do, and I know most people I know think Florida. People go to Florida, they mm. go to Disney World there. Having it open in California gave them a bit more scope to iron out these little kinks, which I think is a very, uh, the point is extremely true, I think, and I thought, I hadn't thought about it like that. Because I think uh, the Floridian one gets a lot more visitors. Yeah. And I think it's 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 just a matter of geography, right? It's more accessible to a bigger market. Yeah. And I know the California one kind of has its own cult following, you know, for various reasons. It's the, it's the first one. Yes. Right? It's the original one. But Disney World is is just on a whole different scale. Um, I, I've actually I've never been to Disneyland in in California, but I've been to Disney World. Yeah. Same. Um, yeah, yeah I thought huge. I thought you'd been there, and it, and it's just it's surreal, isn't it? I mean, it has its own metro. Yeah, I know it's it's bigger than most cities in England. I think it's huge. It's it's ridiculous. It re- it really is ridiculous. So um, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how it's all ironed out and stuff. I'm I'm very 
I'm just very skeptical about that Falcon ride and, and the queuing system. I, I, I really hope they saw that out. I know, I know I'm going to be a real like, <laughs> I'm being really critical of this one thing, but to leave it to random, Matt, to leave it to random, who does that? You have the biggest, most expensive theme park expansion ever. And when you are launching it, you're telling me you have not come up with anything better than, than oh, I'm telling you. No, it's going to wind me up. Sorry. <laughs> he's he's <off>. <laughs> <laughs> Until they, they need to fix that, man. But no, Isaac's, Isaac's already made me feel a bit better about that. But there we go. Nice, we go. nice one, Isaac. You're welcome back anytime with your measured approach. I also hear they're going to have a new ride. It's called Falling Jedi. Uh, apparently, it's Mace Window, and he gets thrown out of the window, and you've got to catch on to one of the falling speeders. So he doesn't die and he can come back in the next film. As Snoke. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. That's, and that's how he gets stretched because of the G-Force. Yes, Snoke window. That's, that's yeah. how. That's it, he's coming that's, for you. That's it. He is a supreme leader, <laughs> Snoke window. Absolutely. Of course. Party of course. Confirmed. Confirmed. <laughs> uh, what else have we got? Uh, well, a few weeks uh, back, we posted a question. We, we posted a question on the show, um, and we asked all you lovely, lovely listeners, what keeps you coming back to Star Wars? So it was a, quest- it was a question that we were asked by Neil Lowry, So, uh, and we basically put it on, on for you guys. And this is what some of you have come up with. First and foremost, we have the lovely Katie with a sweet, sweet voice message. Let's hear it, Katie120. What's going on, guys? So, what keeps me coming back to Star Wars? For me, it is the fan base, the small and intimate communities I've become a part of thanks to podcasts like yours. Uh, the individuals within these communities have introduced me to the world of the Star Wars novels. I love, I love Lost Stars, Bloodlines. I've been exposed to all these awesome stories that exist within the films and TV shows and stuff like that. I've also been introduced to the Star Wars Old Republic MMO, which I've made quite a few friends from, and again, just experiencing more awesome stories, uh, and of course a bunch of other things. I then get to nerd out with these same people about this thing and that thing. So what keeps me coming back? Simple. The friends I've made because of our love for this awesome universe. And obviously that includes you guys, it includes all the listeners. So yeah, much love guys, have a good one. And keep on being awesome. Yes, spot on, Katie. The fan base. I just want to clap right there. The fan base is phenomenal. There we go. There we go. And also, Matt, can you hear this? Becoming part of podcasts like ours. It's lovely to hear things like that, Katie. That is so... Honestly, that is one of the nicest things you can say to us that that means the absolute world thank you so much katie and yeah i totally and wholeheartedly agree i listen to other star wars podcasts and i and i love them yeah oh, they're, they're great they're great i listen to lots of different podcasts and they're, they're just such good fun but it does give you that sense of community yeah which always perfect. helps yeah with, with a hobby and podcasts are one of the best ways to do that because you can you can be doing the washing up you could be commuting right you you could be going shopping just pop your headphones in and listen to people talk about your favorite subject it's like a radio station for everything that you love in life yes there's literally a podcast for everything out there you know which, which is so so cool so i wholeheartedly um agree with you on that and it's and it and it's so cool to hear that you you've made so many friends um because of you know the love of this mythology that's so cool 
That's so cool. We we love hearing from you, Katie, and we we always want to hear from you and hear your voice messages and stuff. It it absolutely means the world to us. We're glad we can get you through some of your day. So yeah, thank you, Katie. We yeah, echo everything everything Luke said. Fans like yourself and others are what make our podcast worth it. We enjoy talking to each other, a couple of geezers from Essex, um, but to know other people, <laughs> other people just you know happen to like it as well. Does it just makes it all that more worthwhile? So thank you again. Another legend off Twitter, Laura at Laura Ren Eleven. She's chipped in with this interesting voicemail. <laughs> Hey, Matt and Luke, it's Laura from Twitter. Uh, So my mom introduced me to the original trilogy when I was a young girl, and I fell instantly in love with the space battles and droids and the Jedi and scoundrels and princesses, but it wasn't until the prequel trilogy when I really understood what Star Wars was about. Um, We were getting characters and themes that were so relatable to us in real life about hope and love, uh, forgiveness, and uh, family. The late Carrie Fisher said, Star Wars is about family, and I think that's why I cherish it so much. It's something that I can take comfort and joy in watching with my mom and my friends, or even by myself. So, yeah, that's why I keep coming back to Star Wars. Thanks, you guys, so much for having me on. You rock. Keep up the great work. Ah, thank you so much for that, Laura. I, her mother introduced her at a young age, which I think is lovely. Again, it's something which so Laura mentions: family, the yeah, the space battles and the, the scoundrels, which is what Laura referred to as scoundrels in the email she sent us. So thank you for that, Luke and I, are scoundrels. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, spicy little that. scoundrels. But it, but get this: it was the prequels <laughs> that introduced Laura to what Star Wars meant. You know, love, family, hope, forgiveness, the relatability, and. Yeah, yeah, Carrie Fisher did say that. It's Star Wars is about family. And the fact that she can watch yeah. it with her mother, her friends that were by herself, and take all that in and still enjoy it and still get an emotional reaction and still enjoy them for what they are, is it, it's quite touching when so many people bring the familial aspect into it, that family vibe into it. And I think that's really lovely. And yes, thank you for saying we rock. Laura, you rock harder. So thank you for that. But yeah, I love the fact that family plays such a big part. Yeah, absolutely. Fa- family is is definitely a massive part of Star Wars. Uh, George Lucas has always said that about the Star Wars saga. He yeah. said, you know, it's like a family soap opera, right? And um, again, you know, sadly, this this is something that some people forget, you know, and it's not even their fault because Star Wars is so big and so meaningful to so many people and means lots of different things to many different people. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it is about family stuff in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. It's a fantasy. Um, and it is lovely. It's, it really is a great story on top of that. So yeah, thank, thank you so much for sending in a terrific um, voicemail, Laura absolutely means the world to us. So next up we have none other than regular listener Samuel Allen at GmasterGmarrick08 on Twitter. Let's hear what he's got to say. Hey, Matt and Luke. Uh, thanks for inviting me on another episode uh, to give an opinion here on um, what brings me back to, uh, keeps me coming back to Star Wars. Every uh, chance, uh, one of the reasons why is um, every project it touches from the games to the books to the movies to the TV series is 
uh, they just keep getting better and better and better every year and uh, I just keep getting excited every time a new project is in place and uh, the support it gets and uh, it proves that Star Wars can accomplish anything. So uh, I look forward to every new thing that Star Wars produces every year or two and uh, I'm always, I'm always uh, that's why it's my number one favourite franchise to go for and uh, I uh, met a lot of friends along the way, along with involving it, and just, just it's unlike any other franchise, and I uh, uh, just love it, love the way it, the way it grows. I love the love the characters, all of it. It's just a, just great franchise, and uh, I'll continue till the force leaves me. Anyway, great episode, guys, and may the force be with you. As per usual, Sam, thank you so much for sending in your message, mate. It honestly means the absolute world to Matt and I. And we, we totally agree with you. Every Star Wars project keeps getting better and better year on year. Um, listen, The Last Jedi, Solo, phenomenal films. I think The Force Awakens, for me, is probably, you know, dare I say, although it's the first one of the new ones, I think it's probably my my favourite mm-hmm. of the new okay. ones. But I do feel like that's probably because of the build-up. It was the first in a long time and the memories that go along with it, but also the feelings it gives me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think they're all good in their own right. And I always, I always think they bring their own thing to the table, you know? Yeah. You know, so- Solo is one of the... It's probably one of the easiest films to watch, one of the easiest Star Wars films to watch. Oh, Just really pop in, watch any time. You know, it's incredible. The other weekend, though, um, or, or last week, I was working from home because of a burst water main at the office, Luke, which was Luke quality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I worked from home, and <laughs> while I was working from my laptop, I watched The Phantom Menace, and then I watched Attack of the Clones. It Legend. was awesome. It was so good. And I hadn't seen them in a few months. So I sat down and I watched them and I enjoyed myself so much. But there's definitely, you know, listen, I adore the prequels. I particularly adore Revenge of the Sith. I think that's brilliant, you know, from every perspective. But there are people out there that really don't think that these Disney era films are good. And dude... They need to go back and watch The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, and I, love where you're coming from. I, I love those films. I grew up with them, right? And I know you did to a certain extent, yeah, Matt. They're the you first know. films, Star Wars films, I saw. The, the new releases I saw, I saw the special editions, but they were the OT. The prequel trilogy was the first of the new films I actually got to see on the big screen. Yeah, yeah, and it thematically there's just i i do feel like the these newer films just execute there we go our magic word is back <laughs> they execute things in in such a stronger way than episode one and two did because you can see what george lucas was trying to do and what george lucas was trying to do was was genius was was brilliant storytelling but it was it, it just wasn't just always someone done else right. to do the actual storytelling it, the direction it needed yeah, it needed someone. It needed someone to say, George, hang on, mate. You're getting a bit too carried away here. Listen, you know, fella. Reel it in a little bit. Reel it in a little bit. So there we go. But yeah. No, anyway, thank you so much for sending in a quality voicemail, Sam, mate. It, it, honestly, it means the absolute world to us. Thank you. Those golden Irish tones again. 
Sam finishes off with he made he has made a lot of friends via Star Wars, which is something which we hear and see quite a lot. And it is unlike any other franchises. We hear of the vitriol and the bile online, but you know that is what it is. We don't like it, but it is what it is. But to hear so many people have found friends via this, you know, space opera from the from the head of George Lucas, it's incredible. And again, I use the T word. It's quite touching how it's done it. But I hear the Force Awakens. I raise you, Rogue One. The execution on that film, it gets me every single time. But then I watch the Force Awakens. I think actually this is the best film of the new era. Then I see Rogue One and think, no, scrap that. This is the top one of of them all. So I I'm, I go back and forth on that. So we could argue that for the next week. I think Rogue One is so good. If yeah, we we can we can talk about we we need to do when we have our spoiler warning, we get we are building a Patreon. Whoop. Okay. So one day, Matt, you and I we're gonna sit down, we're gonna watch Rogue One and we're gonna do commentary on it. And we how about I've that? gotta try and rein myself in and talk objectively. Who am I kidding? I'm Let's gonna be I'm gonna be screaming at the screen. Yes. Oh, forget that. Yeah, that's rubbish. Now, nah, we're, we're going to go crazy for it. Cheer like we're watching a football game. Too it's going right, to be yeah. absolutely brilliant. And we will try and be in the same room for that as well. Then I can yes, watch Luke's yes, face. Yes, 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 yes. Just his face, sure. not the film. For Just sure. Luke's face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, creepy. All right. <laughs> He's got his family no, all out right, there. All right, um, so, oh, so all right. So we've also got a, a voice message from <laughs> Khaleesi herself at Norhal, at Norhal on Twitter. And uh, let's hear what Nor has to say. I think the one of the things that keeps me uh, coming back to Star Wars, even my time as a fan is short. I've been a fan just barely four years, or almost like three years and a half. And but I think the main message of hope, and no matter all the, it's one of the happy places that you can go back and have fun and thrilling adventures and. And not just because aside the force, the special powers like force and the spaceships, the cool spaceships and the lightsabers battles. But that is really important about Star Wars is a message of hope and how you can go over the bad things and look for the positive and and fight for it. I think that's that's what keeps coming uh, that what uh, keeps bringing me back to Star Wars. Thank you. Thank you, Noor. Um, Noor's come out and said she's been a fan for about four years now, so pretty much before The Force Awakens, I, was, I remember her from the cantina at Star Wars Newsnet uh, when she came on, was talking about her new love for the fandom, and obviously since then it's grown and grown to where it is now, and it's, and uh, she drops hope. That main message of hope is one of, that is what pulls her back to Star Wars one of the happy places you can go back and have fun the thrills the adventures and the hope and you know get get past all the the cool stuff like the lightsabers to force and the little green aliens but the message of hope which kind of shines through and it means it, and it's pertinent to anyone for myself for Luke to Nor for all you guys listening you know whatever you're going through hope there's always hope at the end of a tunnel that you can fight through it with hope it's not flippant that it might not be real but the resistance had hope, and look what they did. They took down two star destroyers and uh, overthrew overthrew the evil. So, you know, there's something in there to say that you know, if you really put your mind to it and keep find, keep thinking through those dark times, then you know, it's like at the end of the tunnel. So, uh, I, pre- I I appreciate the sentiment there, Nora, and hope is something which is really 
really, really sort of bleeding into this new iteration of Star Wars, a sequel trilogy. Hope is mentioned everywhere. Yeah, you're you're spot on there, mate. You're spot on, and I, I wholeheartedly agree. And it's also something to take away, which I think Nor was kind of getting that anyway. It's it's something to take away and to put into the real world. Yeah, and that's 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 lovely. That really is lovely. Thank you so much for sending that in, Nor. And, and again, please keep interacting and talking to us uh, on the show because we love it. Yeah, we love it, and we love your positivity because it helps us with our positivity. Really, really is nice. Really is nice. And talking of positivity, talking of positivity, Matt, we have an absolute legend who's wrote in again, Rose, old Iranian Rose on Twitter. She sent in a brilliant voice message that you guys get to hear. So listen up. Hey, Luke and Matt and all you amazing fellow Star Wars Sessions listeners. Guys, what a big question you put out there. Why do we love Star Wars so much, and what makes us keep coming back over and over? It took me forever to figure out what I was going to say, and I feel like that's a reason to love Star Wars. You ask a hundred different people this question, you'll get a hundred different answers. And for me personally, I really had to look at the core of why I love it, and why it makes me keep coming back, which I found to be this unique Star Wars style of storytelling. And I really attribute that to George Lucas. I kind of look at it like he was a master chef who created this new recipe that the world had never tasted before. And now this tasty dish that we've been eating since childhood has become so familiar it's like going home when we experience it again. So what's in this tasty recipe? You've got complex characters and their arcs, fascinating worlds and creatures, the hero's journey, but then he really kicks it up a notch by adding John Williams' music, the sound effects of Skywalker Ranch, and the cutting-edge visuals from ILM. He really made it a feast for the senses. And then there's this one subtle ingredient that George added, and it goes back to who he said he made Star Wars for, 12-year-olds. Okay, now I know a lot of you adults can't stand the fact he said this, and you take offense at the idea Star Wars is only for children. But if you go back, that's not what he meant. He says he was trying to help kids in the transition of life, from childhood to adulthood, at a time when the world's confusing and when you have to decide what path you're going to take, the friends you're going to choose, and who you want to be as a person. Well, guess what? It turns out, no matter how old we are, we're all still that 12-year-old. So whether you're a student, or in the workforce, you're a parent, or simply a member of society, we're all trying to figure out what our place is in all of this, and we're constantly having to make decisions that define what kind of person we are. And yeah, it's a fantastical made-up space opera, but I feel like the lessons we learn in the galaxy far, far away can actually be applied to the chaos of our lives here. It's the hope and the examples of courage that feed my soul, and it's why I love Star Wars. I'm so sorry I went on for so long, you guys. I can't wait to hear all of your answers. It was a hard question. All right, this is Alderanian Rose signing off. Rose, Rose, you are fantastic. Thank you so much for sending that in. And you're right, 100 different people, 100 different answers. That is Star Wars all over. You ask a Star Wars question, you're going to get 100 different (laughs) opinions, right? (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah. But I think... I think my favorite thing from this is, again, it's that 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 childhood element, that there is that child in everyone. And that's why people of so many different backgrounds and ages um, and personalities, you know, adore this story, adore this franchise, is because it relates to that 12-year-old in them. Yeah. And that that's so cool. Uh, you know, and it doesn't matter where you live. This, this community, this film, this story, this, you know, mythology 
has brought us together. Yeah. Right? Old Geranium Rose, I believe you're from the Ukraine. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So is. you're from the Ukraine. On this on this podcast, you know, on its own, we, we have messages literally from all around the world. And we get to talk to each other about it. I mean, how amazing is that? Not everyone gets to say that, right? You're right, yeah. It is all because of George and, you know, his 12-year-old vision. Yeah. Yeah, so I always think again, there's a mention of hope, which is which is brilliant, which we love. But I think it's it's always nice to remember that these films that you know they're not super duper duper serious, right? They are somewhat serious, and there is an element of serious storytelling in the, in there for for people. But it's it's just a good laugh, you mm. know. And the fact that you see this franchise just thriving and thriving and thriving, at, at, whether it's a uh, geek conventions comic book conventions whether it's in shops you know whether it's in pop culture on on cartoons on tv people doing darth vader impressions mm. and stuff it just goes to show how powerful the soft power the influence of star wars as a saga is and and that's so cool that's so cool. That brings people like us together. So yeah, thank thank you so much for sending in a fantastic voicemail, Rose. It, it means the world to us. Rose is a legend. I'm a big fan of Rose. And she also mentions, just like Nor as well, hope. It could be applied mm. to real life. Hope and the examples of courage. Like Bodhi Rook yep. said as well, with you know, a bit of courage and you can do what you want. I also love the fact that it did literally take uh, Rose. She spent a long time trying yeah. to come up with what what it meant to her and i think that's what you said that that's kind of what it was because it kept, things kept going around in her brain and a hundred things and you know then then thinking well if i asked the guy down the street he's going to say something different but yeah george's so storytelling cool. it is unique and that and that tasty spicy recipe as luke would say it lives on it's one of those recipes that gets passed down from generation to generation you don't you don't touch your grandmother's recipes because they're always the best and George, I'm glad you're my grandmother in one way or another because the recipe you've given us is is something else. And Rose, thank you so much for all the interactions, all the wonderful messages you've sent, DMs, um, Twitter messages, voice messages. Please do keep them up. And uh, yeah, we love you, Rose. So please do keep it up. Moving on now to a guy slightly close to home. It's Dan Sexton. <laughs> man that Luke knows very well, at Dan5Exton on Instagram. He sent in... This comment, and I've got some thoughts on this one. Hi, Matt and Luke. It's Dan here. I just wanted to put this thought out there for you guys and also your listeners. So as you you guys are probably aware, in the UK, we have the Soccer Aid charity event. And I'm not sure if you remember, but last year, Hayden Christensen was actually part of the rest of the world squad. So that got me thinking, um, was he in the UK, not just for that match? Um, but maybe to actually film parts for episode nine. From what I've read as well is that he actually wasn't meant to be in the uh, Soccer Aid match, but because he was in the UK, they sort of brought him along last minute. Um, so which meant, which means he was actually in the UK for a separate reason. Maybe it's real wishful thinking that he was filming for episode nine because he could have just been on holiday in England. But um, yeah, it'd be great to see what you guys think. Um, shout out to Stars Poetry as well. He's lit. Thank you, mate, for that. Uh, hopefully, I may, I may see you in Asda soon, passing by. But I think this was a prop. This was a proper <laughs> ledge comment because I hadn't, it was so good. I hadn't thought about this. But what I can honestly say, and I, I can honestly say this, 
that last year, I just think it was a bit weird that Hayden Christensen appeared in Soccer Aid, um, which, as Dan said, it's a it's a football match which is put on in the United Kingdom to raise money for um, for kids who don't who aren't as fortunate as others around the world, which is a great charity. But I remember when Hayden was on, I never put two and two together and never once thought what Dan has said. But I do think, how odd is it that Hayden Christians has turned up? Because uh, he was he was in Canada filming Little Italy with Emma Roberts, which I quite enjoyed that film, as cheesy as it was. And he's in, then he was in Argentina filming The Last Man with Harvey Keitel, which was, quite frankly, awful. But um, and But I just thought, in the middle of that, there was like a random pit stop in the UK for a little cameo in a football match, which I must say, he missed the crucial penalty in. Where was the fourth then, Duff? But um, so thanks to Hayden, the rest of the world lost that match. But um, I did think it was odd, but I didn't think anything of it. So hearing the fact that Dan has said, you know, well, I wasn't. Maybe he was in the UK to film scenes for episode nine. This is where my speculation levels get irresponsible now. But why else would he be in the UK? It's so true. Yes, he could holiday here, of course. Let's be honest. It's he could so have been true. here for any uh, plethora of reasons. But it gets you thinking. It's just so many – we know that the rise of Skywalker was – all of their um, studio stuff was done here, mm-hmm. right, as all the Star Wars films yeah. are. And that's going back to the original one. They're, they've all been uh, mostly filmed and made in England. But I'm just I'm, – I'm sitting here. I'm thinking. I'm processing. I mean, why – it just seems really out of the blue. And even like what we, you've said with Hayden's schedule, it lines up. Yeah. It lines up. And do you know what's crazy? I can't believe this hasn't been spoken about. I can't exactly. believe people haven't talked about this. And dare I say it, and I don't mean this in a bad way or a negative way, but most Star Wars media and news – is very American-centric. It's mostly from American sources because at the end of the day, you know, Lucasfilm, Star Wars, they're American films, despite yeah. the fact... Or, or actually, I think Wikipedia and stuff, they call them Anglo-American. It's half and so half, yeah. half, half British, half, half American. And, and that's even reflected in the cast, right? Normally, the yeah. actors are normally kind of like... They're kind of split down the middle with British and American actors and actresses. Again, it just makes sense, doesn't it? It, it does. It really it, does. Make it lines sense. up so easily to make me to make me think. What else could it be? Again, yes, he could have been here visiting anyone, but ugh. it'd be so easy. Uh, the point I was trying to make was it'd be so easy to miss, right? If you if you're an American news uh, Star Wars like news website or something like that, you know this kind of thing. Why would you put two and two together? You wouldn't, you, you wouldn't necessarily, you wouldn't even necessarily know that Hayden Christensen played in this match because, again, it's it's a match that's mostly watched and supported by by British people yeah. going to watch the game in in Manchester or London, wherever it is it, that year. I, I think it was last Manchester year it was Old Hayden, Trafford, yeah, yeah, it was Old Trafford in Manchester last year. But you know, I think I think this is good news, man. I'm excited. I think Hayden's in nine. This is one of my hopes for the I film. Don't mean to. Dude, I, I don't mean to... Yeah, I think he's in it, you know. Dan, what have you done? I don't know. Right. It just, things add up. They add up, man. You know, they it just makes sense. But, oh. I mean, let's not get carried away. <laughs> We're starting to. <laughs> We're starting to. Nice little yeah, shout out to Star Wars Poetry at the end there as well, Dan. Yeah, oh, that was so good. He's lit. He's a top he man. is lit, indeed. He is an absolute legend. But there we go. I think maybe let's... 
let's use that as when, when we talk about it, which we're going to. Let's talk about it more in other episodes, <laughs> yeah. and we can always use that as 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 like proof as like a point to be like well we know that hayden filmed in the uk during this time so all that's always worth considering you heard it from dan first for sure dan you are an absolute legend i can't wait to uh, go get a mocha at the coffee machine with you tomorrow mate <laughs> right okay <laughs> right okay so uh again on on instagram we have the brilliant fantastic andrea porter i i hope i'm pronouncing that right or at andy monza on instagram he has sent us a fantastic voicemail all the way from italy andy punch it Hey, hello guys, this is Andrea from Italy and Demons on Twitter. Well, first of all, congratulations for your show. It's just amazing. I've been following you for just a couple of episodes. It's incredible, maybe three, I don't know. But it's, it's just incredible how familiar you guys are from, from the very first minute. And, and uh, I was completely into your show since the very, the very start. So uh, thank you. Thank you guys for, for what you do. Um, I'm still not sure what will be the topic for the next episode. But still, um, I would like to throw in a little bit of a, of a topic for, for discussion, and it's uh, Ryan Johnson trilogy. The, I mean, Disney announced it even before, sort of announced it even before The Last Jedi was, was released, which was a bit of a, of a crazy move. Maybe they, they regret it a bit now, but still they did. Okay, somehow they did it. And after the, the Last Jedi released and um, all the community backlash and the story we all know, not a word was spoken anymore about uh, Ryan Johnson trilogy, and now we even have the dates of the, of the, the trilogy from from the from the Game of Thrones screenwriters, and still not a word about Ryan Johnson trilogy. So there's a lot of people saying he's been fired. He will never do a Disney movie anymore because Disney is not happy about the community backlash and all of that. Mm, personally, I think that. Uh, a lot of that has to do with the rise of Skywalker. Personally, I think Disney is kind of waiting to see how the rise of Skywalker goes. Because if the rise of Skywalker is a huge success and all the community or, or the most part of it is happy with the movie, then the whole trilogy will be seen under a positive light. I think we can, we can be sure of this. Uh, on the other hand, if the rise of Skywalker received uh, a community backlash similar to, to The Last Jedi's one, mm, then mm, Ryan Johnson may see his chances of doing uh, another uh, a Star Wars trilogy go near zero. But if The Rise of Skywalker is a great success and the community is happy, then maybe Ryan Johnson uh, will be on board for, for this trilogy. What do you guys think? And once again, guys... Thank you very much for your show. Thank you very much for what you do. And may the force be with you. Thank you so much for sending that in, Andy. Honestly, mate, you know, that was your first voicemail in it, and it means the world to us. Again, a listener from a different country goes to show how amazing this, this community is. Um, what a voice, man. Honestly, yeah, the accent is so cool, isn't it? Italians, they're a cool sounding people. Love them. Um, I love what you've brought up about the, about the Ryan Johnson trilogy. I think we've skimmed over this topic a show or two ago. We, we have to see what Ryan Johnson's doing, 
right? They've 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 announced the trilogy that we're getting in the 2020s, <laughs> and we know that is um, Benioff and Weiss doing those. They they have dates again. No mention of Ryan Johnson. Sure. Now, do I, I have a feeling that Ryan Johnson is involved in those trilogies, and Disney are just going to put them all together? And Benioff and Weiss are maybe doing the whole story or something like mm-hmm. that, or directing. I don't know. Maybe I'd, I don't I'd, I'd hope they were doing it just a story. Yeah, and then maybe Ryan might might be directing or co-writing or, yeah. or whatever. You know, it it could be it could be anything, or maybe Ryan will be having his trilogy toward the end of the twenty twenties. Right, it, it could. Know. It's a long way away, but it could happen. It could happen. But there is the chance, there is the chance that, and and again, I was kind of disagreeing with this a few weeks ago, but hey, we all change our minds, right? We all change our minds and are allowed to change our minds. Absolutely. You know, we're not, we're not robots. Maybe they are just going to forget about Ryan Johnson. I don't see that happening, but it's a possibility. I, yeah, the, what the, how, how Andrea puts it is... The best way for Lucasfilm slash Disney, if they were going to cut ties with Ryan Johnson, and I don't want them to, but if they were going to, this would be, how Andrea said it, it would be the way to do it. If The Rise of Skywalker is a hit, the sequel trilogy gets seen in an altogether better light than it is now by the major- by you know fandom in general. If Blywalker fails and you know does it, the hit of the fans aren't a fan of it, Ryan Johnson trilogy may be dead in the water because that's maybe two films maybe. in the sequel trilogy. Ryan Johnson's got hasn't got anything to do with Episode Nine, but you know, Star Wars, uh, Lucasfilm, Disney may put the brakes on everything and think, right, what what do we have to do? What the hell have we got to do to get this franchise back on track? And they may just play, right? They may just ditch the films for a while and just go for TV. It's a it. I think you're right. I think it, the, the Rise of Skywalker is the key to all of this. If in yep. fa- it, it will succeed financially, but it's critically and a fan. If we get another The Last Jedi esque backlash, who knows? Yeah. I can't even think what they're going to do with the franchise. They're not going to pull the plug. They just spent four billion on this and open Galaxy's Edge. What they're going to do? They I, pull the plug. Don't, I don't ends, want them to see ends. Ryan's trilogy go. Also, it also goes down to if Knives Out, which comes out in November again, can't wait for it to come out. Which Ryan Johnson is directing once again. All star cast, the A list of Hollywood are lining up to work for this man. If that is a, it's not going to be a box office success because it's only a small film, so it's not going to make hundreds and hundreds of millions. It will be a moderate box office success, but if that is a critical success, it only strengthens Ryan's position because the Last Jedi was a box office success, and the critics liked it. If Knives Out makes decent bank and also has the critics on on board, Ryan Johnson will be in a power position. Now he's he he can show he can do the big films. And the smaller films like uh, Brick and Looper and Renives Out, you yeah. know, and he's just, and he can he can tell a story. If it disillusions a few people, then that's just a risk they're gonna have to take. But I agree. If the Rise of Skywalker does fail, I'm interested. That's why I can't give a, a concrete answer because I'm interested to know where they go from here. I don't Me think too. it will, but well, there's always a chance. I mean, what a question! It was a, what a wicked voicemail. Question. What a first voicemail to send in, Matt. This... And we're, very, we're very so grateful you very... listened to us all yeah. the way from Like I said, you're fairly new. I'm so glad that you've loved it since hearing it for the first time. We love yeah. hearing that people listen to us, a couple of geezers from Essex, and do you like what we have to say? Because we're here, like I say, we're here to talk to each other, but we want to 
we want you we want to entertain you guys as well. We want you guys to have a great time listening to us. And honestly, just to hear and we mean this from the bottom of our little hearts, to hear you guys say that really does just boost us even more. So Andrea means the world, mate. Thank you. What a voice again. And same goes to you, Dan, Rose, to Norhal, Sam, Laura, Katie. What a bunch of accents, what a bunch of voices, and you Anthony, and some brilliant questions and contributions. So please yeah, do keep them coming in. We love every single one of you. And for those who don't necessarily want to send a voice message and questions, we love you just as much. So thank you, everybody. Yeah. And speaking of that, we have one more now. We had a, a DM from Instagram from uh, from a young lad called Lewis underscore Sop. His name isn't underscore. Lewis Sop. He sent us a DM with a Rise of Blywalker theory. Uh, he said, and I quote verbatim, thought I'd share my theory of the Rise of Skywalker. I think that the Emperor has been hiding in the unknown regions with a remainder of the Empire's fleet. Maybe he could have allied with an unknown force from one of the planets there. I think that the fleet would turn up in the middle of a battle between the Resistance and the First Order, and get this, and would open fire on the First Order. It's, it would be cool mm. to see those old Star Destroyers in action again. So, Lewis, thanks very much for that, mate. It's a top Love theory to send it in. Idea. So we've got Love that the idea. Empire Emperor is hiding in the unknown regions. We know that there is there was a contingency that regrouped in the unknown regions. And he thinks that the Emperor has allied with an unknown force could it be Snoke could it be Mace Windu and that this fleet is going to turn up in the middle of the battle we know there's going to be the war to end all wars and they're going to take or going to try and take out the First Order now why would the Emperor help the Resistance I don't know what has he, get, what has he got against the First Order that's the question here yeah. but it would be awesome to see those yeah. old Star Destroyers yeah I do you know what I love this theory and it's akin to I, something I said last week except it's flipped isn't it that yes. the, the palps has just been like hiding on the outside and stuff like that and he comes in and you know maybe the the, the first order and the resistance will have to work together to fight the the, the emperor because he's back um it's really cool really nice concept i i don't know how it would be completely explained necessarily but hey that's not our job <laughs> yeah, thankfully. I'd love to get their salary, but it's not a job. Can you imagine the Emperor making a face turn and suddenly becoming the good guy and wiping out the First Order? What an ending that would happen, be. It could happen, man. J.J. Abrams, it could happen. <laughs> Before we move on, I just want to throw one thing out. I heard it online this week. Hayden Christensen, he might be in Episode Nine. Imagine Force Ghost and Anakin, not facing like, physically in, in a duel, but coming face-to-face with, an, with the Emperor. Imagine, just imagine those two having to <laughs> sit down and have a chat, basically. That oh. would be epic, but I don't want to speculate too irresponsibly. Oh, don't. Don't. <laughs> the possibilities of this film, the possibilities. Oh, man. Man. I'm sold. I can't wait. I cannot wait to the rise of Skywalker. I cannot wait. It's going to be so good. Only six months. It's going to be so good. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, come soon enough. Only six. Can come soon enough. <laughs> no. Well, something that has come Thank- soon enough, unfortunately, is yeah. one of our favourite sections of the show, and it's simply called oh. Canon Character Spotlight. You know it, you love it. If you don't, here we go. Luke and myself, we are assigned a randomly selected number which corresponds to a random Karen and Canon character. It could be anybody from the most insignificant of uh, toilet cleaners to uh, the Emperor himself, anyone in between from every facet of canon possible uh, and we shine to shine a little spotlight and give the potential unsung heroes a bit of light so luke who did you end up with this week oh dude it's none other than lats 
Razzie. What a legend. Mm, I know, right? Lats Razzie, a Thelian female bounty hunter who operated during the Clone Wars. She was part of a syndicate of bounty hunters that included Boba Fett, Bosk, Oaked, <laughs> or, or Oct, Oaked, whatever, whatever that is. <laughs> uh, C21, High Singer, and Dengar. She immersed himself, herself in first-class comforts and expensive clothes, which she used her career to pay for. Lats was highly skilled in many types of weaponry. She was said to have pinpoint accuracy with blaster pistol, as well as being an expert in several forms of exotic unarmed combat. During her job on the Quasite, she displayed herself to be capable of going head-to-head in hand-to-hand combat with the leader of the Cage Warriors, Chrismo Sodi. Razzi was said to charge very high rates, yet had the skill to back it up. She also took part in the unsuccessful rescue of Jedi Master Quinlan Vos on Sereno, led by Asajj Ventress, with, of course, notable appearances in the Clone Wars series and Dark Disciple novel. What a no legend. Vader death! No though. Vader. We're getting. We've been. We've been quite. Um. We've been quite short on Vader massacres, and me and Luke aren't particularly happy of this. That's the only problem We're with the random that. side of it is we don't get to decide people's fate and who Vader <laughs> slaughters each week. But we maybe next week. Um, I'm not sure I can give you any any better news, unfortunately. But my character is Aramis. Aramis. Other way, he was a human male who served Duchess Sistine Cries, uh, Obi Wan's. Uh, main squeeze, but was killed in a plot to assassinate Satine Kreis when his speeders' controls were compromised. He was assigned to transport Duchess Kreis and three of her guards from Coruscant after a Senate meeting in which the Senate thought the Republic should invade Mandalore because of the terrorist group Death Watch, who were, we know was headed by Maul in 21 years before the Battle of Yavin. However, a terrorist movement, the terrorist movement Death Watch sabotaged the controllers and when the transport were high above the ground, Oh, the navigation computer went awry. Realising all hope of transporting Duchess Satine uh, where she wanted to go was lost, Aramis told her he'd try to get her near a landing platform. She told him to stop, and as soon as he got near the landing platform and, and ignored her pleas, he ordered Duchess's guards to jump, which is what they did. Sadly, Aramis stayed in the transport and <laughs> lost control entirely and crashed it into a building, killing himself but saving the Duchess. Uh, what a man. His first and only notable appearance was in the Duchess of Mandalore episode of The Clone Wars. So uh, hold your lighters aloft for Aramis. <laughs> Didn't need Vader to do the job this time oh, around. Oh, no Vader. I'm sorry. No I, Vader. I say it, but maybe, maybe next We've week. Been getting, we've been getting a lot of Clone Wars stuff, though, recently. Have you noticed? We have been, yeah. Again, it's the beauty of it we being keep... so random as we could end up just getting the same uh, era each week. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Um, but talking of era, right? Once every now and then, in an era of time, there are legends, Matt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah. Now, now there is there is one legend that we know of, and he's pretty good as a wordsmith. He's a man who made me think the book I Am Legend was just a factual look at his own life. It's Curtis Smith with another banger of a poem. Here he goes. Tup. Programmed for Tragedy. 
Good soldiers follow orders, you say. But something feels different today. A chip in your head, a Jedi lies dead, your edges are starting to fray. Find me on Twitter at Star Wars Poet, on Instagram and Facebook at Star Wars Poetry. Always Star Wars, always poetry, always original work, posting daily. Curtis, what, what, what did you say last week for, for Curtis, Luke? Always Curtis, always a legend. And that holds true. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> the wordsmith, the play on words, the stuff you come up with, is and to and to fit it Genius. into a thirty, it was not even 30, a twenty-second-long mini poem is a uh, is incredible. So we thank you. And as Dan Sexton said, they are lit. And as Luke said, always Curtis, always a legend. So thank always you a legend. so much, mate. We can't. Um, we've got to start thinking of some ideas for for Curtis. We start throwing some ideas at his way. Come out with new poems for for, for us. <laughs> what can we What can we give him? Oh yeah, Rogue One. Bang. Bang. Rogue One poem, one. Curtis. Or Scarif. Do one on Scarif. Yes, Scarif. I believe he may have already done one for Scarif, but we'll check the vaults and find out. If not, Rogue Curtis, we'd be much obliged if you could do that for Master Blywalker. But... Dad. (sighs) We're out of time, guys, unfortunately. That is that for this episode of Star Wars Sessions. But the fun doesn't end there, because we know, as we mentioned, no one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us online, Master Blywalker? Well, they can find us on Twitter at Star Wars Session with no S at the end. That's at Star Wars Session on Twitter. They can slide into our galactic DMs on Instagram at Star Wars Sessions or feel free to drop us a voice note or message to our email address sws at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk that's sws at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys, who do so continuously. And everybody else, if you want to jump on board, please do so. We love it. Uh, we are on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, everywhere in the galaxy you can find a podcast. And if you love our show, please give us a wonderful review on your podcast provider of choice because it really does help the show out an awful lot. Yeah, and please, 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 please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats, tell your Ewok, tell your cousin, tell your brother, tell the lot. The more, the merrier, the spicier the castle. <laughs> yes. tell Sam Jackson. This is the podcast you're looking for. So until next time, from me, see ya, and from Luke. May the force be with you, always. Tell that to Kanja Club.